Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And we have a very, very special third person talking today. We have our friend, our guest correspondent, Ryan, to come over and talk about the W Series, as we have mentioned in the past. He is our resident expert over these beautiful, fun, nice women. But before we get to that, we do have a quick ad it's called the birthday app. You know what is some of the hardest things as you grow up is like remembering your friends' birthdays. It's always a great feeling remembering them, letting them know that you're thinking of them, thinking of them because they truly mean go. something to you. And like the friend feels that great people care enough to wish them well on a special day. On the other hand, you know, you feel like a fool when you forget. Your friend feels hurt and unloved. Fortunate for me, I remember birthdays as I know it makes my friends feel happy. For instance, our special guest, like I mentioned, Ryan's birthday is actually today Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Rayo is like what I like to say. And I was just ecstatic to wish him a very happy birthday. No app. Happy to be no on the problem. show. But if you aren't like me and uh, need some really help remembering these so-called that. special people uh, in your life, use the birthday app. That way, the birthday boy or girl, as Ryan will talk about girls in a little bit, will never have to, have to question your friendship. Ryan, Ian... I think this may be an awesome app that you two should heavily consider using. Well, consider it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, we actually we yes. sort of like scheduled it specifically for this day. Thank you very we much. No, I'm very hard. excited said, you know, to talk about birthdays, some of my Ryan, favorite, May 5th, just overall favorite racing. Um, well, just in case, um, you know, that's a great segue. Speaking of birthday boy, into our very stuff. special sector but w talking series is about. The, uh, Women's uh, only our W series circuit. that starts uh, up cars, this weekend. As so, you guys know, are uh, Ryan, very similar to Formula Three cars. But boy. what makes this tell racing about, special uh, tell is us they're about the exact w same. So there's no difference across teams. The engines, power units, brakes, everything is literally the exact same. So it is just true racing, um, which makes it very exciting. Very much more parity theoretically, since it's not based on who has one key component. Um, but very exciting. Uh, again, you guys all know this stuff, but just in case some of your listeners forgot, um, that is what we've got. <laughs> so if you don't, it's a great time to get in. We've got 10 races this year across five weekends. First time they're ever going to Asia. We're starting off with a double header in Miami. Um, so last time we saw these racers, they were in Austin, Texas. We saw yeah, them like, personally yeah, talk, live. Talk to me like hard not I to have get no inspired. Idea um, Obviously, and I do. So but like, talk now to we me get like to go no to Miami double header. So we got to race Saturday and Sunday. I'd be lying if I understood how it works because there's only one qualifying. Um, so riddle me that. But uh, very exciting. Ten races and it's all up for grabs. But a uh, couple new teams this year. Um, which is very exciting. So I want to get into my little driver breakdown, if you don't mind. Um, but actually first, sorry. Uh, one other thing about the 
F, or I'm sorry, women in F1 history. Um, since I know the last time you guys mentioned W Series, you mentioned that uh, Jamie Chadwick, who I'll talk about later, was only there because, or only not there because of money, um, which I'd heavily contest. Unlike love it, some of the people on I this podcast, they're not world class drivers. Um, so very much would love to see these women get a chance in like Formula Three, um, at least just to see what happens. But that can be in time for another day. Um, there have been two. F1 women that have competed before, one of which Desiree Wilson won a race in 1980. So there is a precedent. It's been done. That was my little tangent of the day. Back to these drivers. Um, the newest team, my, uh, my team, my personal favorite going into the year is uh, Jenner Racing, owned by world-class former Olympian Caitlyn Jenner, um, Olympic gold medalist, if you will. Um, and she is new to the W Series, but was able to get two very electric drivers in Jamie Chadwick, who is the uh, reigning champion by a long shot and has just been absolutely dominant in the sport. But her teammate, uh, Chloe Chambers, is new to the professional racing circuit, and she is 17 years old. She is excited to race in the W Series this year and is excited to graduate high school this year. So big year for Chloe ahead, um, which is incredibly exciting. She cannot buy any sort of tobacco yet, and that is a shame. But she'll be traveling the world, so maybe uh, times will change. But now I'd like to uh, play my first little special mini game of the day. Um, you guys have the driver's page pulled up? Wow. Oh, wow. All right, so if you can guess this right, of the Can't 18 drivers, numbers, yeah. you win a little special prize. One of them was the first professional like <laughs> motorist, motorsportist, to podium as an open LGBTQ member, uh, if you will. I do. 100%. I certainly do. That's correct. Who is the first? Okay. I like that, guys. All right. So just to get the game right here, you're asking us <laughs> just by look who is LGBT. Um, well, it's surprisingly not God. that tough. Marco, you um, sniped it. Marco, That's I'm going to defer to you to go um, first. Okay, I'm going to go with Sarah uh, Moore. That is nuts. Career highlight, making history Great as the first guess. openly LGBTQ to stand um, on the podium uh, on a Formula me... One weekend. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Give me. Um, <laughs> I'm incredibly impressed. I did not I'll expect take Alice Powell, to get that, but it was easier than I thought. But um, she leads Scuderia W, shit. which by far is the top name. Um, so if you're a Ferrari fan, I think you got to ride with Scuderia W. Uh, the only other team, you could land I an couple actually, I want to point out. The other one that is new to the W Series this year that I think will be very dope is um, Court DAO. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, but I know court is an acronym for uh, something that I am totally forgetting right now. Um, hold on. I don't know what it's called. But it's a like commu it's community-owned racing team. Um, and you can buy into the team with cryptocurrency. They made their own crypto to fund the W Series team. Um, so that is going to be wild. But... 
I'm very excited for them because they have my sneaky pick of the year, which is uh, Marta Garcia, the Spanish woman that is pretty pretty nice on the streets. Um, she is fast, and I think she can challenge Chadwick this year. Just saying. Um, I don't know that for sure, but she's won races. She's gotten the podium, so I think her and the other competition that I'd like to point out would be Emma Kimilainen. Uh, which is Puma W Series. Uh, these cars all look dope, by the way. Um, the Court DAO especially looks very sick. Um, oh, whoa. So I think Emma and that uh, Spanish woman for Court DAO will be very uh, high up on the podium this year. Very fun to watch. And uh, it's just exciting. They do crazy experimental stuff that is like designed to just make the racers fully competitive just racing. Um, and it's only 10 races, so every race is of the highest importance, and we start off with a double header, which is unheard of to me. So I'm excited. Sorry for just lecturing, but. The cars are the same, and I don't think they will wear the same jumpsuits. Or the cars are not the same, rather, I'm sorry. That would be wild. <laughs> No, that's the announcers know, would be so that. out of um, it. I do like how they all wear the same jumpsuits. It makes it really easy for me to distinguish between the different teams. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. That I mean, I would just be like, then actually, you know what? I wish everything looks the exact same. Okay, and question. So you really don't know who um, wins until they get. While out I look and take a think through that, that like, who I don't, do you, I think does anyone jump out I, at you guys know. that you want to be particularly rooting for? Yeah, this I'm year? actually all game for that. Um, Ryan, I have a quick question about how the W Series season is going to pan out. Who, at the end of all ten races, do you think is going to be at the very bottom of the grid? I do not see this woman. Okay. You think so? I'm going to root for Bianca. I think she's got uh, a lot of hidden talent that I'm all game for. Bianca, bust a man. T. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Teresa Babikova. Uh, I think that's a pretty cool name. And I think she just, uh, you look at Bianca, you look at Teresa, they both just have what it takes, I think, in my book. And not that it matters because the driver's driving is what we're looking for, but um, they are both pretty attractive women and both just happen to be um, uh, at the vi – oh, no, no, never mind, never mind. That makes sense. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to pick her as my bottom to finish the with last season. names? I don't know why. I'm wondering why the two <laughs> attractive women were up front <laughs> on the yeah, very top the of the W series. But uh, just alphabetical is all. Yep. Emily DeHuse, I feel like, would tell. be pretty good as well. Jessica Hawkins, not bad. I think she's going to be pretty good. Jessica with the beanie? The beanie? Dang. <laughs> well, I mean, only time will tell. I'm sure that we're going to um, keep up these predictions, right? And um, we'll do some – let's just do a full year-end – race predictions w series edition and we'll see i mean we just 
put our guesses right there, so we'll find out. Um, well, I mean, yeah, only blast from the uh, past were really those. Any, I looked up those two women that have been in like, F1 before. Any other that we should be considering going this weekend? Um, and like the most recent was 1980, so not like forever ago. A, and that was the one, you know, the you, woman you who won. Present us with an awesome I don't know. It should be exciting. The like history, the fact so that it's Miami those too. for two I mean, races is interesting I like to learn. I'm all in on this. For it being a good weekend where you'd want to just have it on in the background and like tune in to cool stuff going on in Miami, I feel like that would be a good excuse too. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, I mean, usually, like, one of the ESPN networks, because it obviously isn't on at the same time, so probably, like, an ESPN net website or whatever that's called. Watch ESPN. I don't know for sure. Um, Uh, Ryan, where does one watch? Because, like, usually ESPN2 or ESPN is Formula 1. Where does one watch the W Series? Oh, nice. Yeah. The Ocho? Okay, well... Well, thank you very much, Ryan, for that wonderful insight into the W Series. We're excited to watch the two races, so 20% of the entire season is going on this weekend. We'll be sure to catch up for one-fifth of the season that we can see kind of condensed Sounds into a good. nice little... Nice Keep an eye out for Emma nice Kimmy Lyon this weekend. But, uh, yeah, we will consider everybody's race predictions, or not even race predictions, but season predictions for the W Series. No, we'll shockingly enough, I've if looked. we remember. I'm sure we will. Sure thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks awesome. for popping. Thank Sounds you very good. Much. Uh, we will. Yeah, we'll do a, maybe a mid-season, definitely a year-end, maybe mid-season, depending on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shockingly Sounds enough, good. Like, none of the sports book have W series, but I mean, uh, yeah, I'll send I'll send some messages out to them, see if we can change that. Yeah. Thanks again, Ryan. We will be. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot again to our great friend Ryan bringing up uh, the fans up to date with the awesome W Series. I know myself and Ian talk about it all the time. Um, but, yeah, we just feel like, you know, we wanted to, to give Ryan his shot at, uh, you know, one of his favorite sports. So thanks again for that. Moving right along to some very interesting, much more interesting information. We have uh, the Miami race coming up. As Ryan mentioned, W Series have their doubleheaders, but uh, the first race for the Formula One boys as well. Uh, So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about some recent headlines prior to that. Then we have a new sector that Ian is bringing to the table as well. So a lot of new things this this episode and then uh finishing it off with our race predictions so moving right into our news sector our first headline is the old drive to survive booked for another two seasons as will buxton put it best if there's going to be a season six that means there's going to be a season five so i love how he's playing into the skid of People ripping on him for being the most obvious commentator uh, this world has ever seen. Yeah, I. It's nice to see it. Like you know, whenever you, whenever someone is teased, it's nice to see them tease themselves because you know it makes them feel like they're in on the joke. Even though I feel like we are very much laughing at him, not with him. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But yeah, I mean, on the other hand, Drive to Survive, two more seasons. Just a great way to to watch more Formula One. Like, you know, it's a great reminder prior to the upcoming season. It is always that like little jolt, that little extra boost that I get from, you know, getting me ready. Uh, it's like a pregame to the to the actual party for me when the new season's coming around the bend. Drive to Survive hits maybe a couple weeks prior to, you know, get my couple shots in and then I'm ready to rage. Love it. Um, speaking of rage, let's talk about Max Verstappen's dad, Jos Verstappen. So um, if you don't know much about Jos Verstappen, he was at one point a Formula One driver. Didn't do too much as far as winning, but he obviously raised a world championship driver himself. So, um, you know, good for him. What is a little bit less exciting or less, um, let's see, wholesome, feel good, I guess, is the way that he raised that kid. So, um, you know, aside from his, I think he, well, I don't think, I know he had some domestic violence uh, against him because of Max's mom and him getting in a little tiff. Uh, I think actually more than one. Um, a recent story kind of resurfaced. It's not new, obviously, but Max's dad, um, the story came out about Jos Verstappen leaving Max at a petrol station or a gas station when he was 14 after a karting race. So thoughts on this other than Max's dad probably deserving some jail time? Um, yeah, not, I mean, racer, former racer himself, um, not a good guy. Uh, and <laughs> I think you probably kind of see that, like, in, in the, a much, much nicer way uh, to an extent, like, see that in Max's racing of, like, uh, I don't give a fuck what people think or, you know, how people consider how I race as long as I do what I want and get the best out of it. Uh, what made me think of this was if Max is like kind of fine bringing this up and haha, you know, what a crazy experience that was for me. Like, what are the bad things that probably he's, he's worried that like, I can't say this about my dad or it's going to be some real problems. Cause I mean, in my opinion, I would say most that this was pretty bad. Uh, but there had to been much worse. As you said, the domestic violence passed. I'm sure uh, he's had his few run-ins with his dad. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, just just a little bit of a bummer to see, you know. I'm sure that he uh, went through a little bit of hell to, to get where he's at. But, you know, he's here. Extremely and extremely entertaining Twitter back and forth about this because there's people saying like, hey, you know, it's just what it takes to form a champion. You know, this is like how it comes. And there's people being like, hey, this is obvious child abuse. Like, let's treat it as such. And yeah, as if there's not enough, you know, in F1 Twitter to fight about as it stands. This was a nice little, you know, whoever is pulling the strings on the F1 media, nice little sprinkle to get people riled up before the weekend. You know, getting back into the swing of things as far as you know, hating each other online. Yeah, exactly. I like how, like, I feel like they wait for these stories to, to bust open a couple days before a race just <laughs> exactly. just to get people talking. Because if it happens, you know, last Monday, really, it, it has a high peak, dies down, and then no one's going into the race talking about Formula One like this. So I think, I think this is all kind of a, a pyramid scheme, a scheme of sorts to, to get people talking about a ton of F1 prior to, to the race. Agreed. All right, moving right along, we have uh, Lewis Hamilton coming out saying that he was he's been pretty uncomfortable with the lack of masks in the paddock, uh, just because obviously, you know, these sanctions and everything are being dropped, uh, and 
a lot of people kind of made fun of him saying, hey, you know, suck it up. Don't be a little little snowflake. Uh, and then right around the same time, both race directors got COVID. So, um, yeah, just just so happens. I don't know what, what they do. I don't know. Like, it seems like it was a long enough time for them to get back and being okay. I don't know for sure if they're out this weekend, but uh, do they have, like, a, an e-bug race director, you know, emergency backup Race director, Michael Massey. <laughs> yeah, dude, call Massey back up. It was a triumphant return. Imagine Massey gets back in and he just does such a good job at race directing that everybody forgets about everything and he can sleep better at night again. That, or if he just is coming in with some vengeance and he's initially saying, "Hey guys, don't worry about it. Like I, I made, I, I've understood my mistakes. I'm ready to go." And then as he's on that, he's like, I'm going to burn this fucking thing to the ground. I'm going to cause so much fucking <laughs> havoc for you guys firing me when I don't think it was my fault. And he just goes mayhem. I would, I would pay, I would pay the thousand dollars apparently that it takes to get to Miami to, to do that. Love it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Helmet Marco is in the news. Uh, he came out with a very Helmet Marco quote saying, The only talented driver other than Max Verstappen I see in this league is Lando Norris. So um, that was the, the headline that came out. Again, talk about people getting just absolutely rip-roaring mad online. Um, you know, there's very good drivers. There's, there's several world champions on the grid right now. Um, and to say that only Lando Norris is who matches up to the current world champion is, I think, probably a bit of a stretch. Uh, but at the same time, just a hilarious quote. We talk about, you know, who's pulling the strings on F1 Media. I think it probably, Helmet Marco is at least somewhat involved in that. If he's, you know, coming out with these quotes just to get people riled up. Like, he might be a little puppet master, a little underrated puppet master. Yeah, yeah. He's got some Formula One stock for sure. Oh, yeah. He sees that Netflix stock dropping, and he's like, you know, I gotta do whatever I can to get some snippets for people to watch Drive to Survive coming up. All right, moving right along, we have uh, one of a, a fan favorite, uh, maybe not a driver favorite, but uh, Roman Grosjean. Remember him? You know, remember him uh, burning almost alive to in Bahrain last uh, two years ago in uh, 2020. Well. Not only was he burning alive there, but he's, uh, he's catching some heat from his IndyCar drivers because not only did he come along to IndyCar from Formula One, but also his aggressive driving. And so, yeah, he caused some issues the last race, um, and some of the drivers have just been complaining. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that we'll see him just taking his sweet time, having a, an illustrious career in IndyCar the way he's, he's doing things, just like we saw in Formula One. Yep, some things never change, and I wouldn't have them change, so good for him. And then the last piece of news that we have here is Lando Norris's helmet is a basketball, as a painted like a basketball. I don't really, I, I debated even putting this in to something that we should pay attention to, but I saw it, and it brought me so much joy, and I thought it was so cool that I was like, you know what, we're leaving it in. So, no, I there love you it. go, yeah. everybody. It, it, it looked like, I mean, it looked like it had the real grips, like, the real little like bumps along the basketball on it. It was a very well painted helmet. Yeah. Do you think he was the one that asked for that? Or do you think his team was like, Hey, Miami, the Miami heat, you'll get some like home crowd love. If you have a basketball, like, where do you think that came from? I don't know. Uh, do you also think that like Max Verstappen and Sergio were like, dude, I really want to throw a first pitch to show everyone how good I am at sports. 
<laughs> Dude, that was so, so brutal to watch. They gotta stop. They Okay, they have to stop making F1 drivers do sports that are not F1 because it's just so embarrassing and it's just absolutely right for the pickings if you want to make fun of Formula One. Like, all you got to do is look at any other sport of them trying to compete. Like, we saw George Russell trying to shoot a basketball last year and, man, did he look, um, you know... I want to say like a fairy, no, no, but I, I don't probably know. Please shouldn't. tell me. <laughs> what was it? No, yeah, please please inform me and the listeners what you're about to say. He looked uncoordinated, to say the least. Ah, that was it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, both of those throws, George's basketball, um, you know, Benito's shots as well. It, every time they shoot or do anything outside, like you said, I just, I can't stop thinking of like a little, eh, after the throw, after the shot, like it's just a little, nah, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, awesome. That does it for our news, our recent headlines from the past two weeks. Moving right along, we have our Grand Preview talk uh, coming right along for the Miami Grand Prix. Yeah, let's get right into it, into the rich history of the Miami Grand Prix. I say rich just because if you are going to the Miami Grand Prix, then you have to be very rich. Um, And in terms of history, there's not much any at all. This is the first time we're racing in Miami, in Miami Gardens, the 11th place that Formula One will race in the United States. Um, You know, it's right next to the Hard Rock Stadium, which is where the Miami Dolphins play. Fun little ditty about uh, about where. But yeah, other than that, I mean, there's been United States Grand Prix, but this is not what that is. This is the Miami Grand Prix. First of many, I think that Miami is doing their best to really gain the attention of the Formula One crew. Um, And obviously just because of what Miami is and and kind of like the lure that exists there, I think they're doing probably a pretty good job and all that's left is to see some good racing. So uh, talk about the track. 19 turns are on this track. Uh, Three DRS straights that are going to be used for passing. Um, Just a street track that's going to be hopefully nice. Um, It's kind of similar to Australia and then it has some long kind of obtuse turns with a couple like very, very sharp turns that are going to hugely reduce speed. A couple of elevation changes, main one between turn 13 and 16. Uh, the track heads over a little exit ramp under various flyovers across uneven ground then turn 14 15 chicane has like a little bit of an uphill approach crest in the middle and drops down on the exit so decent amount of elevation change i don't think it's as massive as like a spa or anything like that but still something to be noted Tickets are going to run you about $1,000 last time I checked for a weekend pass. And that might seem like a lot, but a couple months ago when the Eaton Asphalt podcast was considering going down to Miami, the tickets were about $900 more expensive than that. Um, so it was like around $1,900 at ticket release. Uh, shockingly enough, those tickets are not going to be the only thing that's burning a hole through your pocket. Um, there were talks about two alcohol-free lemonades costing $35 or so. So, yeah, you just got to have money. Um, my kind of take on this whole race, like the, you know, like everything to do with Miami is that, look, like F1 knows that Monaco is like a core track that can never be replaced. Um with that being said, it's not necessarily the most exciting of a race in Monaco, and so if they have to replace it, they have to have something that's Monaco-like, um, you know, where celebrities are out in full force, money is just simply not an issue, um, and even down to having a marina. Miami made a, mar- a fake marina, so if you haven't seen it, 
Um, you know, it's it's basically Wait, uh, that's fake. Yeah, dude, believe it or not, it's I a could fake not movie tell. Oh my gosh, props to them. Yeah, from what I you know, if I remember correctly, they were initially going to just essentially make like a big pool so that those boats could float on something. When they realized that that was probably going to be too much work, they just switched to have some blue like plywood. I want to say <laughs> the boats are boats are resting on. Um, so yeah, it's it look it doesn't look great. I think when you're up close to it, but from the helicopter view, it probably won't be too noticeable if your focus is on the cars going around the track. So. Yeah, it's like, I was thinking about this, like, it's like you told your parents, you know, hey, I want to go to the Monaco Grand Prix, and they said, no, we have Monaco Grand Prix at home, um, but really it's just Miami, and it's a little bit worse in every way. It's kind of like a Walmart brand uh, Monaco Grand Prix. The, tr- the prep, I will say that the prep for, prep for the track seemed to be, like, way smoother than recent tracks. This track was ready to be raced on a couple weeks ago, um, whereas, like, Saudi Arabia and Jeddah, uh, you know that was that was ready. I think it, like one day before uh, before they started practicing on it. So you know there has been some backlash to this Miami track, mostly because it's just another American Grand Prix. But you know that will all be forgotten as long as the boys put on a good show, um, which I think you know call me crazy, but I think the F1 gods slash Liberty Media uh, will probably you know and make sure that that's happening since uh, since the the sport in America's. I guess the importance of Americans liking the sport is so important that I think it might get a little bit of outside influence. But, yeah, here's to seeing, you know, best action of the F1 season so far in sunny Miami, Marco. And as far as weather is concerned, Friday it'll be, you know, it's, it's, it's Miami, so it's going to be warm. Friday it might see a little bit of rain early on in the day. Um, affecting some practice sessions, and then 90 on Saturday for qualifying, 91 on Sunday for the race. So yeah, some tire deg definitely going to be an issue here. I assume it's going to be a multi-stop race for all the teams. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, be a little bit of a toasty one down there in Miami Gardens. All right. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Not really sure what to expect. I don't think really too many people are. It seems like it's going to be pretty quick, though, getting up to around 200 miles an hour, so pretty quick track at some spots. But uh you know, kind of like the unknowing, you know, we'll, we'll find out Monday what that means for future races. But until then, I think they said they had 36 track variations prior to uh, determining this specific track. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of work went into this. So I'm, I'm expecting some good things. Uh, Love it. with that being said, we have our new sector alert. Ben and Ian, are you do our new sector alert noise? I do. Here's a new mini sector for everybody. This is just, uh, I have a notes app on my phone that every time I see something that's just kind of neat that has to do with F1, I write it down. So this sector is called, isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat that I'm doing that? This is neat. Right. Uh, First up on isn't that neat, Daniel Ricciardo will draw level with Mark Webber as the most experienced Australian in F1 this weekend. So number of races, Mark Webber currently holds the title, and Daniel Ricciardo will draw level with him this weekend. So isn't that neat? That is neat. That is neat. Good. Um, Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris are the only two drivers who have scored in all three of the races uh, that are in Imola from from last round. So, you know, those two guys are the only two that have scored every time they've been out there. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Nice. Uh, Staying on Imola, Alex Albon actually recorded his best Imola result to date with an 11th place last round. 
He finished 15th there with the Red Bull. So very different machinery between this year's Williams and last year's Red Bull. Uh, but he did better in the Williams than he did the Red Bull. Isn't that neat? That is very neat. All right, next up on Isn't That Neat, a Max Verstappen podium this weekend will mean that he has tied Alan Prost for podiums uh, with a single team. So they'll be tied at fourth um, with 63 podiums for their individual team. So the podium of a single team podium set goes like this. Sebastian Vettel, 65 podiums with Red Bull. Michael Schumacher in second place with 116 podiums with Ferrari. And Lewis Hamilton with uh, 134 podiums for Mercedes at the top of the podiums of single podiums, of single team podiums. So podiums. That's pretty neat. And my personal favorite, Nicholas Latifi has finished P16 in every Grand Prix that he has completed so far this year. That is pretty neat. I feel like we should maybe uh, ride that before Vegas finds out. I was thinking too, do you think on a sports book that you can bet specifically that Nicholas Latifi will finish in in P in P sixteen, dude. If they can do exact scores on any other games, you got to be able to do exact places. And the odds for that should be absolutely astronomical. Astronomical. Yeah. So he except didn't... for last year when it was Nikita coming in last. That's true. <laughs> That's like uh, plus one hundred. Man. Well, that was very neat. I'm very glad uh, that you brought that sector in. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll. Uh, well, every now and then, uh, ring that around. And uh, moving right along to our typical sector, our last sector of this episode of this podcast, we have our race predictions to catch everyone up. Ian started pulling away with a score of seven to four and the bad guys in the lead. Let's get right into it. Who do you think will crash our DNF? I will gladly take the honors of going first. I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel. All right, nice one. I'm going to go with Nicholas Latifi. Either P16 or out is what he, you know, is what he finishes. So, I'll give me Latifi. Uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, winner. Who do we got? I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc winning this one for the Ferrari after a poor showing in Imola. I'm going to go with Max Verstappen. Good pick. Love it. Last place, who do you got? I have actually Nicholas Latifi. Okay, so so uh, I mean I'm going against the odds here, pretty much. That's true. Yeah. So if Nick if Nick Latifi uh, crashes out or DNFs or gets last place, then one of us is getting a point. I'd say I like our odds. My last place is going to be. Let's see, I did Alex Albon and Lance Stroll recently. Have been my recent ones. Um, you know what? Give me. Give me a Danny Ricardo on this one. And our next race prediction, driver of the day. Um, let's see. I'm also going to take Charles for this one. I think last week I took a winner and driver of the day and pole position for uh, for Max, and he ended up pulling him out. So all my chips are in on Charles Leclerc this weekend. I'm going to go with Helmut Marco's second favorite driver, Lando Norris. Nice. I like that pick a lot. I, I Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, douche. Of the day, douche of the day, brought to you by Summer's Eve. I'm gonna go with Yuki. I don't know why. I could see him getting after it a little bit too much in Miami, just like you know, big limelights, just soaking it in, and he's driving a little hungover. 
I could see that as well. I'm actually going to go... I'll tell you what. I don't really know this one, so I'm just going to go... If you want driver of the day then I'm for Lando, then I'm going to go douche of the day for Lando. So write me down for uh, for Lando doucher. Oh. Usually, I, he doesn't seem like much of a douche on the, on the track, but, um, you know, I'm usually wrong about these things. Yeah. And for our wild card prediction, I haven't done this this season, but I did it last season, so I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to say that exactly four cars retire from this race. So there will be only 16, uh, 16 cars left at the end of the bloodbath that is Miami. Awesome. That would help me with Latifi finishing 16th if he is not part of those four. <laughs> That's true. Love it. Uh, I'm going to go with Haas making a jump from their current eighth place. They're going to get up to sixth after this weekend. Yeah, I like that. So currently Haas is with 15 points. Alpine is in sixth place with 22 points. I think they can close that seven seven point gap. It's not likely, but I'll give it to you. That's uh, man, that's a nice that's a nice hey, wild card. Hey, that's like a nice wild card, for. right? Yes. All right, moving right along. We got our fast slap. I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc. All right, love it for my fastest lap. I've picked, uh, let's see, Max Carlos recently. I'm going to go with, fuck it, George Russell. All right, fuck it. Fuck it indeed. (laughs) And for pole position, I am also going to go with George Russell for pole position. Uh, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen. Nice. I think it's a a big weekend for him. Big weekend for Max. Love it. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, we appreciate everybody for listening. I'm very excited for this uh, Miami Grand Prix. Dale. Dale. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Actually, honestly, after this episode, I'm more excited about this W Series. So thanks again for Ryan for coming on. <laughs> Big shout out to Ryan. Sounds good. We'll see everybody on the other side of the Miami Grand Prix. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>